welcome to our podcast. We are beloved daughters of Christ, and this is At The Well. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast at The Well. As always, it is the three of us, Erica, Rachel, and Alex. And we wanted to wish you all a very happy and holy triduum. We find ourselves in the context of a very holy day today, as it is Holy Saturday. And uh, tonight we can celebrate the vigil of Easter and um, usher in probably the greatest feast of the whole Christian calendar, where we can make sense of our life according to the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord. So in this episode, we wanted to talk to you about the Stations of the Cross, which is such a helpful prayer to lead us into a greater understanding of the passion, death, and resurrection of of our Lord. So as always, we will begin with a prayer and I will ask Alex to lead us in prayer. Thanks, Erica. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for being able to gather here today on Zoom. We thank you for this beautiful online platform amidst the pandemic we've been in for the past year. And we thank you for the opportunity to reflect on your passion. We thank you for the opportunity to reflect on the stations of the cross that you bore for all of our sins. May each of our hearts reflect your glory and love in our lives. May what we discuss and reflect on today be of your will, and may you bless the hearts of all of the listeners that they may gather whatever it is you want them to hear today. We thank you, Lord, for all of the pain and sorrow you carried for us. And may we carry on these reflections, regardless of the season in our lives and the time of year, for we know that we can reflect on the stations at all times and always be touched in a new way. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Alex. Our topic is really going to be about the reflections of the Stations of the Cross as a prayer and one that many Catholics will pray during the Fridays in Lent and some even throughout the year. So just a little quick history in terms of the Stations of the Cross. They do date back to the fourth century when the Emperor Constantine, he erected the Church of the Holy Sepulchre at the site where Jesus's tomb was believed to have been, and a pilgrimage that was started through the fourth century, where pilgrims would actually travel from the site in Jesus's agony in the Garden of Gethsemane on Holy Thursday, and then they would move through those three days right up until they reached his holy tomb. This would be called or known today as the Via Dolorosa and in Latin, the Sorrowful Way. As more and more pilgrims started to do this particular uh, way of the cross, it became a little bit more well-known throughout the rest of the world who couldn't necessarily be there in the Holy Lands, but actually in their parishes more common now as they look upon the 14 stations that have been either captured in art or in some form of written 
reflections. A lot of Catholics would actually uh, take this time, especially during the last 40 days and 40 nights, to, to really reflect on Jesus's passion. As we'll talk about today, as we go on, we'll talk about the different saints and many of the saints really that have actually found meditating on the Lord's passion very fruitful. So as we journey to the very end of this Lenten season. Um, we're here and it is Holy Saturday. We wanted to just take some time to reflect on this past Lent for each of us and maybe some of the spiritual fruit that we've received this Lent and particular while meditating on the Stations of the Cross. So Erica, maybe if you wanted to start us off. Sure. And thanks for that introduction. I think Rachel, as you were describing, just the history and the the rich tradition of the stations being one of the earliest prayers, it helped reinforce for me how the church has derived so much strength uh, from the time of the early church of, of continuing the practice to meditate on the passion of our Lord. So I think even before I get to this Lent really quickly, uh, my own experience with the stations has been so spiritually fruitful and it's definitely been one that evolved throughout my life. So maybe growing up Catholic at first, like you mentioned, I just noticed it was this thing the church seemed to be praying during Lent, right? And sometimes we went to a Friday mass, sometimes we'd stick around as a family and I'd, I'd enter into the meditations. But for a long time, there was really no feeling about it, or I was focusing on just reading text and reading prayers. And I remember one of the days I ventured to go to the Stations of the Cross alone, so without my family. And there weren't many people, you know, maybe about 20 people um, praying. And something that struck me was by the time we got to the station where Jesus died, the lector was getting increasingly emotional and, and she actually started crying. She was doing the reading. And then I kind of thought I was struck. I had to look up to check, you know, was she really crying? And then I thought as a lector, how unprofessional you know, of you to cry. <laughs> that sounds horrible, I know. But actually, right after I thought that, I caught myself thinking, how beautiful. She is so moved. She's a woman past her middle age. Maybe she's prayed this a, a million times. But every time she gets to the part where Jesus dies, it's still like this wound where she is crying in appreciation for what he's done. And I thought to myself, that is the spirituality we should enter the prayer with every time we pray. It should give us a profound sense sometimes even to the point of emotion of what our Savior went through, the passion and the death he endured for us. So since then, I definitely wanted to make the prayer something that I incorporated into my spiritual life. And though I think I often, my husband and I remember to pray it more at Lent, I actually often wish to myself that we prayed it more than just Lent because it's, there's just such amazing meditations. And as a last thought, when Rachel was mentioning the saints earlier and the early tradition of the church having this prayer, I remember reading just this Lent recently in one of the texts that St. Mary Magdalene, who would have lived uh, longer than Christ stayed on earth, she received visions of Christ uh, shortly after he had ascended into heaven. And uh, in her visions, I think she was asking him, because the church was so early, she was asking him, what should we do as an early church to keep going to, to continue what you started? And he left her with the simple wisdom that above anything else and all the prayers that the church must do and the community traditions they must keep, that she should spend a lot of time meditating on his passion. Because it was almost like Christ told her, you could spend your whole life meditating on my passion. And, you know, you still may not get all of the spiritual lessons that I want you to. So, so that's a good place to start. Just 
keep retracing my way of the cross and keep retracing what I went through in Calvary. So I think from there, even back then when there weren't formalized prayers or formalized list of 14, I think it's beautiful to see how the early church grew. And in a paradoxical way, they attained strength and glory and endurance from something that seems so defeating and so tragic for the life of their savior. And I don't think that that tradition has changed really in my own life or the lives of Christians that I know. I think we're able to see, see like St. Paul says, the tragedy of the cross who fools may think is, is one man perishing, but we see the whole scenario of the cross as the wisdom of God. Mm. Yeah, that's really beautiful, especially thinking about contemplating like what this whole scenario is. It, uh, I quite often find it just mind-blowing in the sense just thinking of a small portion of just all of the sins that I have in my entire life and the ones I don't even know that I'm going to do yet. And this was all on the weight of him at every portion of, of the passion, right? And that's just me. And <laughs> thinking about everyone in human history carrying the weight of sins, I just, uh, it blows my mind. But I'd say, um, for me, the station's very similar experience, Erica, until nearly two years ago, June 30th, they naturally really came into my life in a season. And it was from a call I had gotten. I was at my fiance's house at the time. It was two months before our wedding. And I'd gotten a call saying that Papa, uh, my grandfather, who was my best friend and a love of mine, like my only father and everything. And so we were very, very close. And I'd actually just dropped him home a couple of hours before that from doing our, our weekly groceries and errands together and everything. And and I found out that my worst nightmare at the time had actually come true. And it was that he had fallen and I couldn't catch him and he broke his hip. And so immediately my fiance and I ran to the hospital. And, and at that point, he was totally himself <laughs> right when he saw me. He was sad just saying like, I, I have to give you away at the wedding. And I was like, yeah, you're not getting out of it that easy. Don't worry, you got two months. And so led to beyond my worst nightmare to occur for the next four months in different ways. And the first thing that really hit me is when we were on this drive, because we were about 40, 45 minutes away from him at the time. On this drive, I had never so naturally reflected on the Stations of the Cross. And even though this was two years ago, I found myself reflecting on it more frequently and naturally Lent allows for a different opportunities and the evolution of different thoughts and reflections. And so I had really thought about this awesome movie, The Passion of the Christ. I'm sure most people know it. And the reflection of thinking about when Jesus fell and Mary saw that happen. Um, and then she went running to him in the scene. And then she also reflected on when that happened when he was a child and her running to him. And that scene just ran through my head, thinking about Jesus falling and then also meeting his mother. And so throughout this time, I've really just reflected on what it means to imitate Christ through suffering, because Papa just did that so well, so humbly and naturally. He would never say that about himself. And not that anyone's perfect. No human aside from Mary and Jesus are perfect. But in his humanity, he so naturally imitated him to teach me about the love of God, even in his last days and when he was able to speak and that he was actually praying many prayers for many people. I mean, it just made me more so even think about through these stations, through Jesus, doing all of this for all of our sins out of the deepest and greatest love for us, even when there was like a, a just and right focus on him by the weeping woman or Mary, he didn't focus the attention on him. He allowed it to then go back on to humanity to suffer for us. And I quite often found myself when 
Papa at a point was in the ICU, how I was like, how are you able to be so selfless that in some possible way that the Lord is allowing you to like move or smile or something that you're the one who's suffering and yet you're bringing me this peace and love and joy. And I just thought it was just astounding. And so many reflections from the stations and thinking about, I would think contemplate pretty often about like, how, how were you able to do this, Mary, you know, like how you, you could have fallen to so many temptations and you didn't, but how you were able to like bear this unique cross of yours with your sorrows and the beauty of that. And so, yeah, I I found that it's interesting that I was only able to go deeper into reflecting on the stations and really applying it to life. And of course, we can apply things to many seasons in our lives, but um, I wasn't able to so naturally contemplate and relate, I think, to the stations until my worst nightmare had occurred and then it became much worse. But then I was comforted by the stations and for the intercession and of course by Jesus who who did this all for us. So really I wouldn't have to worry about about Papa and, and about all of this. And so yeah, so those are some of my thoughts on the stations. Very beautiful way to pray together. But yeah, Rachel, what what are you thinking? What have been some of your thoughts? I am just taking in everything you guys are talking about now. It's just so beautiful and just talking about mind blowing. My mind is is kind of racing right now. It's just all the things that uh, both of you have been sharing. I almost feel like it's a it's a wheel right now in my head and I'm just going to stop it and try to pick on a few things here to share. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess I've had a few more Easter's than both of you. So there's so much more to, to, cut, to gather from years of meditating. <laughs> but, it's like a wheel of fortune yeah. going in, in there. <laughs> and, and that just talks about how much fruit can come from no matter how many times we've gone through the stations, no matter, no matter how many times we've reflected on it, every single time there's like something new that just kind of stands out. And it really is dependent on the season that you're in in life. And it really is dependent on how much suffering and sorrow that you've actually experienced in life too, that you could see things in a deeper way. And I guess that would be one of my first points is that definitely, I agree with you, Erica, when I was a kid, these stations did not mean very much to me. In the sense that, you know, like, who wants to look upon this, like, really sad story when you're a kid, right? All you want to do is go outside and play. And I just remember thinking about Easter and thinking, oh, man, we're going to be in church for the next four days, you know? <laughs> my, brother calls hours. It, my brother calls it a church marathon holy week like you know you're just constant church right and as a kid you're like oh man. the triathlon tritium <laughs> right and it's like oh man it's like you know is this really a holiday right you think because you talk about school and you're off on the friday you're off on the monday and you're like you're thinking okay it's a long weekend but no no we're that that just means i'm in church every day right so <laughs> So yeah, it's it's actually interesting. But then, of course, but then as you get older and you learn and you see certain things and you understand certain things in a different way, and you also start to experience life in a different way, all of a sudden you can start to to relate to either one or more of each of these stations. And you know, it, it took me probably a little bit longer because 
I was just going off the beaten path when I was younger, but eventually it brought me to realize, and just like in the Old Testament, how important it is that we constantly remind ourselves of the things that happened in the past and and where this all comes from and what God's original plan was for us and what he had to do to save us because we weren't following that plan. With tradition, you know, that's one of the beautiful parts of our faith is that we constantly remind ourselves every mass of what happened. Every time uh, we go through the stations, we're reminded of the passion of our Lord. Every time we meditate on the Ten Commandments, we're, we're reminded of the things that God needed to give us in order for us to find our way back to him the sacraments, every single thing about our faith is always leading us back to God. And we're to now teach that to our kids. It's something we're supposed to pass on from generation to generation. And you hear that in the Bible, God always tells them, teach this to your children, teach this to the next generation. And it's, this is something that we have to do. And it's a beautiful way of us coming together to worship God and to worship the thing that was really the epitome of how much God loves us is that he would go through all of this for us. And so for me, this Lent specifically has been as a mother, one of the most fruitful times for me, also one of the most sorrowful, <laughs> I would say as well, but just going through this Lent, I found both my children, as you guys know, are teenagers now. It is not the easiest time, especially as a single parent, to navigate through all of this. It was so much easier when they were younger. Now we're coming to a point, especially my oldest, he's going to be 17 in May and my youngest heading into 15. So she's kind of on the, the starting point while he's finishing it off. I just find that navigating through these years have probably been one of the most difficult times as a mother for me, because right now there's this surrendering, surrendering of the authority that God gave me the day they were born to giving it back to him. He entrusted me with them to get them this far. And now it's almost like he's asking for me to give them back and giving them back to him means knowing that he has a plan for them and he's going to take them in places that I might not necessarily be able to follow. And he's going to be the one to journey with them. And of course, you know, I'm their mother and I always will be. And I love them with a mother's heart and I will never be far away and I, I will always be there for them. But it is just kind of allowing God to do his thing and allowing him to work in their hearts, regardless of what sorrow or pain that might bring either to them or to me. And that has got to be one of the hardest things that I've ever you know, had to experience in life. And, and the beauty of this, though, is that it's definitely giving me really good moments of contemplation on Mother Mary's sorrow through this entire process. And I feel like this is who I've been walking with this Lent in this journey and way of the cross. It's been Mother Mary that's kind of been holding my hand through this time to say, okay, I need you to know that I've already walked this and I'm going to walk this with you and you're not alone. And I just need you to trust me that God is going to take care of them. And if they stumble and you want to help them, just know that I wanted to help my son too, but I had to, I had to stand back and I had to allow this to take place. So God's plan could be realized 
And that, I think that letting go and that trust in God, of course, and all of that surrendering, it's just a season of that for me right now. (laughs) And so, of course, while you're dealing with all of that, it's your own sorrow and your own emotions that are taking flight. And so you have to also be able to really find that peace in the midst of all of this whirlwind of teenage angst and rebellion. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I am just grateful that Mother Mary, she was there and that her example and that she lived through that pain so that I could also share in that pain with her, even in a small way. But yeah, wow. Like I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what she went through. You know, you think about the cross and you think about this way and you think about the fact that at the end and the women were there at the foot of the cross and it is something else to to have to witness your child suffering so much Mm -hmm. and all you could do is trust in God I think that's just beautiful actually in hearing when in hearing what both of you said uh, as a common theme it sounds like you were able to enter into the spirituality of the stations more profoundly at a time when your life mirrored that, right? Like mirrored some of the events. For Alex, it was your grandfather and you could see the falls of Christ through the lens of, of what was happening to him. And for Rachel, you could see yourself in in Mary's afflictions at seeing her, her child go through this. And the more and more I hear that, the more I think like that is the genius of the prayer that Ultimately, it can't stay an intellectual prayer or just a reflective prayer. It, it has to be a prayer that we enter into and find our own life in because it gives us the formula for our own lives. And, and like you so aptly said, Rach, the, the more life you live, the more you find yourself resonating with different aspects. You know, maybe as a child, you see it one way. As a young adult, you see it another way. As a woman, you see it another way. So it's, it's just, yeah, it's, I think it's like a wellspring of endless interpretations and characters to build on. Yeah. I love that you described it as the genius because it really is. And it like, even as you were saying, Rachel, it's like the feminine genius and heart was there right at the foot of the cross and through all of the suffering. And And I think like, as you were speaking, I was just thinking on the beauty of even you being able to walk with Mary in a way where she was also at the time a single parent, I think is, is just an, a really incredible grace in a sense that she, that she can be this model for every mother. And yeah, just like even speaking on the sacraments where it's like, we're called to reflect on this at every single mass we celebrate. Right. And I used to think, I remember being asked when I was younger, involved in the stations and, and we'd be putting them on or directing and such. And We'd have reflections on it and think, you know, oh, if you were there at the time, would you be one of the people like following him, right? Or weeping for him? Or or would you be the crowd saying crucify him? Our opportunity to be able to walk with him in that time and give our yes is being present at the mass and being aware of the sacrifice that he made for us at Calvary. And yeah, it, it is such a genius that it's like, I love the point you made about Mary Magdalene. I hadn't actually heard that before about her. I I can only imagine all the things God will one day reveal to us. Yeah, we could probably continue with this conversation. And I think it it could continue all day and probably into the next, um, just because (laughs) there's just so much fruit that comes from meditating on the Lord's passion. And this is something that if you haven't done so yet, I'd encourage you to do it. 
I'd encourage you to take some time and maybe just walk the stations in your parish or even at home going through it. I know Bishop Barron did a wonderful reflection on the Stations of the Cross that's up on YouTube right now. So if you, if you get a chance, you can listen to that as well. And there's a lot of other ones on there as well that you could go through. But because this is a podcast and we don't want to keep you too long, <laughs> I think it's about that time that we talk about the woman at the well and the relation to the Stations of the Cross, perhaps for the woman at the well. The divine mercy kind of popped in my head. It's like, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world and how he did this for the whole world, if they were believers or not, right? He did this for all of our sins and the people that he encountered, like this woman at the well was part of the whole world who had not encountered him before. Even outside of time. So even for the people who haven't even been born yet um, and for all the people in the past, he was bringing all of us through his passion into God's divine mercy, including the woman at the well, she would have been one of those people that he actually died for. And he would have known that as he was meeting her, but she Mm -hmm. would not even know that yet um, until they encountered one another. Thank you for that, that application. Obviously there's, there's so many applications we can, we can draw from from Christ's passion to all of the scriptural figures. So that's a great way to think about how his mercy extends to everyone, past, present, and future. And we will end, like we usually do, with summarizing our God incidents that happened in in the week or last little bit. For me, as I end Lent, I'm actually just really grateful for a particular set of meditations that one of the students in our our campus ministry suggested. Uh, So Alex and I have both been reading through them. They're from Ascension Presents. And these meditations have been so poignant and so uh, direct about what the things are in our life that really keep us from God and what what sins are and what patterns of sins are. And it's presented really honest questions that we all have to ask ourselves about why we feel stuck in sin and uh, and what we can do to uh, to really be united with the with the Lord and not let these obstacles get in the way so that in some sense, Lent doesn't become a 40 day resolve, but, it goes on to be a permanent spiritual resolve. We continue well into Easter. So um, there's too much to reflect on with those. But I think I think just as I end off those reflections, I've been really, really grateful. I, I've looked forward to reading them every day. Even if I miss some days, I just caught up with a bunch of readings in a row. And it was always really fruitful. So that was mine. What about you, Alex? Yeah, I agree. They were awesome. Ascension Presents and Bishop Barron, uh, those are two of our favorite Um, reflections that they put out during Advent or or Lent, and they are really beautiful and really speak to the heart. Uh, My God incident is related to my Fitbit and how grateful I am for my husband in finding this for me. I was going to find what whatever cheapest device I could. And he got this for me with points we had on a card. And it was it's been very exciting. But it's been really helping me, me in my journey of like truly working on my health in different areas. I've really enjoyed these walks and nurturing my relationship with the Lord. I'm very appreciative of it. It's helped me be much more intentional in understanding uh, my physical health in a number of ways and how that relates to um, continuing to try and better my health in, in all of these different aspects. So 
Rachel, how about you? <laughs> I was going to add, sorry, that we, Alex, now we, thanks to you, we all enjoy the extra push from Alex sending us steps. <laughs> she sends us step challenges uh, and we can all, we can all try to fulfill this every day or, or kind of half guilt each other if we don't get enough steps. So thank we you. We are made to be in communion, y'all. <laughs> I'll bring y'all into it. <laughs> I was just going to add and say the same thing, Erica. I was like, now she's making me do it too. <laughs> Like, are you drinking enough water today? <laughs> Time to drink your water. Yeah. yeah. And so this is actually really good because it is pushing all of us to get in our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alan. Um, <laughs> and I think for, for me, um, my God incident this time around has actually been a few of all the same thing, which clearly one of the messages I think that God is truly trying to send me is that I am not in control and that he is. <laughs> and, so, um, and so what I noticed is the last couple of weeks, it's really been about giving that control over to him and being okay with not having control and allowing God to work through the, the pain and through the difficulty and just letting him guide me and letting him lead the way for me uh, because I might not know where I'm going uh, and that's okay because <laughs> usually the, the life with the Holy Spirit is one of adventure. So I have to relinquish my, my control and allow God to work. So I feel like my God incident has really just been about seeing the things that God is moving in my life, seeing the pieces that he's taking and moving around and not being afraid of where that's going to go and just allowing him to take me wherever I need to go. That would be my God incident in small ways and in big ways. It seems to be the repetitive theme this Lent for me. So yeah, as we normally do, I'll finish this off um, in this episode with our Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed that episode. And we truly are grateful for all of you and the support that we receive. If you would like to check out more episodes, you can always go to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as on our website at www.atthewell.ca. So until next time, thank you and God bless. Thank you. Have a happy Easter.